0: Oprah Winfrey once said, "'Education is the key to unlocking the world, "'a passport to freedom.'" Judd Apatow said, "'College is the reward for surviving high school.'" In 2021, the total undergraduate enrollment at a degree-granting post-secondary institution in the U.S. was 15.4 million students. That's according to the data from the National Center of Education Statistics. That's a lot of people rewarded for surviving high school. While enrollment is expected to increase by 9% in the next eight to 10 years, the number of new college students in the fall of 2021 was about 3% lower than 2020 enrollment and 15% lower than the enrollment numbers for fall of 2010. Perhaps that's because a traditional four-year college doesn't have to be the path for everyone. In fact, while enrollment in college declined, some trade schools have reported seeing an increase in enrollment during that time. Based on data from the U.S. Department of Labor and Bureau of Labor Statistics, of the 391,000 20 to 29-year-olds who graduated between January and October of 2022 with an associate's degree, 72.6% found employment. Isn't employment the biggest reward of them all? The ability to have financial freedom? To miss Winfrey's point, education in any form greatly improves our chances of gaining employment opportunities and our chance to learn and explore the world around us. In our last episode, we talked about the many ways to save and pay for college, like opening a 529 savings account. But how do we know if going to a four-year college after high school is the best path for us or the students in our lives? In a culture of gap years and rapidly advancing technology, the options are limitless for anyone graduating high school. But are some directions better than others? And if it's an associate's degree instead of a bachelor's degree, will something like a 529 still cover that? We'll find out together, so start taking notes, because this is
1: Grown Up Stuff.
3: Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
0: Hey, everyone. This is Grown Up Stuff, How to Adult, the show where we make sense of the many parts of adulthood one topic at a time. As always, I am Molly, and I am joined by my co-host and college graduate, Matt. I want to welcome you all back for a special part two on continuing education in partnership with the Michigan Education Savings Program and EdVest in Wisconsin. Matt, last episode, we talked about how to save and pay for college. But this week, we are going to take a look at all of the ways you can continue your education beyond high school. So, Matt, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to imagine the future. You are now Papa Matt, and your ten babies are babies no oh. more. Oh God! And some of them are torn about what their future holds post high school. And I know you have a lot of thoughts about college. Looking back at your own career and your time at school, will you advise them to seek out a bachelor's as you have done?
4: You had to make it ten. You couldn't have just said. You know one, what? Because <laughs> I think
0: you'll be a great father. <laughs>
4: Okay, so my eyes are closed. There's definitely not 10. 10 was There's my maybe conservative <laughs> number. <laughs> There's maybe <laughs> one. But I think it'll ultimately depend on what kind of person they are, you know? Like, if they're super driven and they have a clear idea of what they want to do that requires school, I'm thinking like, you know, a doctor or a lawyer, you know, go to school or, you know, take a gap year. I trust you. If they're someone who needs guidance and maybe structure will benefit them, you know, community college until they have a better idea of what they wanna do. If they're super passionate about a field where a degree isn't entirely necessary, like the arts, and they have a good head on their shoulders, I'd say maybe just go do that for a while until you can find your footing professionally or or learn as you work your way into an industry. I'd maybe tell them that you can have a really stable and long career by going to trade school and learning something incredibly useful. So I, I'm really conflicted, and I do think it, it would entirely depend on the person.
0: Yeah, you're right to be conflicted and, and feel complicated because I think it's such a tough thing to predict, right? Like you want to be supportive And you want to, but you also want to help put somebody on the right track, like on the best path forward for them. Yeah. For me, I went to undergrad for one thing and then completely changed careers. And and in that case, grad school really helped me change careers. And I don't regret going to grad school at all. We have a colleague who did trade school for audio engineering. And y'all, she is Emmy nominated.
4: Emmy nominated Sierra Spreen.
0: So, you know, she's doing great. We're gonna talk about all of these options today with some familiar voices.
4: That's right, we are excited to welcome Robin Lott and Jackie James back to Grown Up Stuff. Last episode, they taught us about our options when it comes to financing higher ed and introduced us to the 529 Savings Plan, a savings account designed to grow your savings for higher education.
0: Today, we're going to ask Robin and Jackie how important higher education is how we determine which option is right for us, and if a 529 will cover some of these alternatives to a bachelor's degree program. Jackie and Robin, thank you both for joining us again for this special part two episode where we're continuing to talk about education, higher education, post high school, and what our options are. I know, Matt, you have a very important question that you want to start us off with.
4: Yeah. And Robin, you and I were talking about this a little bit before we all hopped on, but basically Molly and I both went to four-year universities. I think I'm very thankful for the fact that I went to a four-year university, but I now work in audio, which is entirely not what I studied in school. And so basically what I'm trying to get at here is, you know, what is the point of college? What is it giving us that we can't necessarily get from on-the-job training?
5: I'll just start out by saying... It really depends on the career path that you've chosen and what is your dream. I mean, if you want to be a dentist, you're going to need that formal training at a university. If you want to be an engineer or a doctor or a teacher, there's many careers out there that you're going to need that piece of paper for. Otherwise, you will not be able to be hired.
3: Yeah. So a four-year college, in some cases, is kind of an experience. They work to develop people. And it kind of has a couple of objectives. First of all, of course, a college specifically is for a broad-based education, but also the classes that you have to take foster critical thinking, problem-solving, and communication skills that are also very important in a professional setting. Something really important, really no one ever talks about is networking opportunities in four-year colleges. Mm -hmm. They are just unparalleled. Studies have shown that consistently over their lifetime, college graduates tend to earn more than those with a high school diploma. So this earnings gap can be substantial, with some estimates suggesting that college graduates can earn up to $1.2 million more over their careers.
0: Robin, I want to pose this question to you because you have this amazing experience working With higher education in Michigan, do you see any changes around the value of a college degree? Does it mean as much today as it once did? Or is the market, because there's so many people graduating from college, is the market almost saturated
5: with bachelor's degrees? I'd like to think not, simply because as time goes on, people are falling out of the market Okay, so I'm close to retirement age. I'm going to free up a space for someone else to fill that gap. As industries evolve, there's still going to always be a need, I think, for college graduates. And that opportunity, if you will, for people to succeed and advance in whatever field they're interested in. Mm-hmm. I don't really see it falling off. And and again, every time there's a survey taken, I swear to you, families say pretty much the same thing. And I've been in this field for quite a while now. I remember surveys back in 1990-something, and they said families value higher education. Mm -hmm. There's earning potential. Back then, it was a $1 million difference between a high school graduate and someone who had a, a college degree. And there was still a lot of opportunities for people with a college degree to earn a good living. And I still see that today, you know, 30 years later, where it really hasn't changed that much. Mm -hmm.
3: Also, something to note, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, during COVID-19, workers with a high school diploma took a big hit on their jobs. The unemployment rate with people that have just a high school diploma was 17.6 percent. However, for college graduates, it was 8.4 percent. Wow. Something to note. There you go. Clearly, there's still
0: a lot of value in completing a bachelor's program today. However, in a US News and World Report article, it identified that roughly one in four freshmen don't return for their sophomore year of college. If college is the route we should take, how do we know we're ready for it? Is there a master checklist somewhere we can use to make sure we're prepared or to analyze our likelihood of dropping out?
3: I kind of came up with my own mental checklist. First of all, academic preparedness. College, of course, at the end of the day, we talked about it. It's about the education and academics. So have you consistently performed well in your coursework in high school or previous education? And have you met the academic requirements for the college or program? If not, maybe we reevaluate and take a gap year or decide to go to community college was absolutely fine. Second of all, clarify your career goals and consider the specific degree or program you want. However, just make sure when you're thinking about these to give yourself some flexibility that, okay, I might decide to pivot and change my major after freshman year.
5: And remember that it's okay to change. Yeah. Oh. That's the whole premise of growing up and becoming adults is that we do change. So, you know, Matt and I were talking a little bit earlier about the fact that you can always have a backup plan as well. But really, the main thing on that list that Jackie laid out is trying to identify that career you want. What do you want to be when you grow up, right? That's the biggest question. And to the extent that you can identify that early on, it could save you some time and money because you're right. You could end up going down one path and deciding you don't like that and then changing your major. But now you've spent all this money on some classes that may not apply to the new major you've decided. So taking a gap year might be okay. It really is a personal decision. But understanding that it's going to take discipline if you take that gap year, take discipline to get back on the horse
3: That's something to consider too, Molly. There's two things I want to say. First of all, we need to consider our financial considerations when it comes to uh, getting education. And of course, you can use a 529 plan to start saving for college too. But last thing that I think that we haven't really talked about is evaluate your personal readiness. You need to reflect on your personal maturity level, emotional resilience, ability to handle potential stress and challenges that come with college life. And if that's not the case, maybe you decide to stay home and commute into college or decide to do community college and ease into that transition instead of just going from high school to a four-year staying there college. And that's okay too.
5: Or alternatively, go ahead into a trade while you're trying to make that decision. What a perfect backup or primary career. And we are in constant need of folks to do that as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you might start that trade earlier or sooner. To your point, Jackie, start that 529 account, and then you're able to put more money in. And if you change your mind and want to go get a bachelor's degree later in life, there's that option, and you've already started saving in your 529. Absolutely. While your academic record is a good indication of your readiness for college, there's also your maturity and emotional preparedness to consider. For many, college is the first time you're living on your own and responsible for your own decisions. Like making sure you actually go to class and that you study for the midterms, all while balancing living with a roommate and experiencing campus life. But fret not because there are a lot of great options if you're not ready for a four-year bachelor's program. For starters, you could take a gap year, work and travel while you save money before that first tuition payment. There's also trade schools and community colleges. Plus, there are also different types of universities that may better suit your learning needs. What are all of our different options for education after high school? And if we are looking at pursuing a bachelor's program, Can you explain the difference between attending a private university versus a
5: public state school? So you have your trade schools, obviously, technical schools. You have your community colleges. They basically provide an associate's degree. And then you have your public universities. You have your private universities. And the difference between your public and private is that the public universities usually receive some type of state appropriation to help with their operational cost versus a private institution that's solely private. I mean, they are funding their institutions based on donations from alumni, from funds that's being raised from the students' tuition. So you're going to see the tuition at a public school be about half the cost of a tuition that's at a private school that's in-state.
3: And I just wanted to talk about kind of the levels of college degrees. You have certificate programs, which are kind of short-term, and they focus on specific skills in a particular field. You have associate's degrees, which are typically two years and offer kind of a foundational knowledge in a particular field. And you can get that through a community college and some four-year colleges offer associate's degrees. Of course, everybody talks about a bachelor's degree, which is typically four years and offers comprehensive education in a chosen major, you have a master's degree, um, which I am very familiar with, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> which focuses on a specialized study and research within a specific discipline. And that's often one to two years, uh, depending. And then, of course, your doctoral degrees, which is the highest level of academic degrees. And that involves an in-depth research and original contributions to a field of study. And that just, I can't even tell you how long that is. That varies.
0: I want to go back to the private versus public college situation really quickly. And we talked a little bit about what drives the cost. Public is because it's state funded. Private, it's getting everything from private donors and tuition. What is the attraction to going to a private over a public university?
3: They tend to have smaller student populations.
5: I was going to say that. It's a more intimate environment. Yep, and more
3: personalized attention than public schools.
5: Yep. They'll have a smaller class size. Instead of 100 students in a class, they might only have 30 or 35 students in a class. And so they can get more attention that way as well.
4: mine and I were going back and forth on this, but like when you hear, at least for me, like when you hear someone like, oh, I went to Yale. Oh, I went to Harvard. It's prestigious. I'm like, I'm impressed, you know? So like, is the name really worth the price of admission though?
3: I will make this very clear. There are The prestigious schools, Yale, Harvard.
4: Ivy League.
3: Ivy League. And then there's everything else. Both are awesome. Any education in general, first of all, wonderful. But in my experience, no one cares where you get an education from. So those Ivy League schools do hold prestige, and they might get you more networking and more jobs. However, University of South Carolina, comparatively to Charleston College— Unless I'm making new networking opportunities or the person that's hiring me went to the University of South Carolina, in my experience, I haven't had any advantages over the name of the school. So it matters about your networking. It matters about your your skills, your communication, your hard work ethic.
4: And your professors, too. And there's a way to do both also. Like, um, I know a lot of people who will like go to like a community college for two years, and they're generally they have partnership programs with like a like a larger school.
3: And that four-year degree is just as valuable, even though they went two years to community college, two years to four-year college. Yeah. That's just as valuable.
4: Absolutely. So we've really weighed the pros and cons of four-year colleges. So, you know, let's say that we've made the decision for ourselves that a traditional four-year university experience is not necessarily what is going to be the best for us. What are the other options? I know we've we've talked about trade school, vocational school. Could you guys get into those a little bit more and tell us um, really what the other options out there are for people?
5: Absolutely. So your trade and technical schools could take you down the path of many, many different things. It's amazing how many different uh, careers could be considered just vocational training. And going back to what Matt was talking
4: about, you could just get an internship and learn the skill, right? Yeah. And go right to work. And actually, for my my own edification, we've thrown this word around a bunch. And I actually, I don't think I know what it means. When we talk about vocational schools, what exactly is that?
0: And is that different than like a training school or a technical school? Or are they all the same?
4: Yeah.
3: It's basically the same thing. But like, trade technical, vocational schools, they all focus on teaching a specific skill for particular industries like automotive repair, welding, medical assistance. They typically, comparatively to like a college education, offer shorter programs that could be completed in like a little as a couple of months to a couple of years, making them quicker and more affordable way to jumpstart your career after high school.
0: We've been talking about trade, technical, vocational. Let's go to associates, you know, community college. What is the real difference
5: between an associate's degree and a bachelor's degree? Associate's degree is just your two-year program. There's many degrees you can get that just require just a two-year work, right? Mm -hmm. Earnings-wise, you're going to make a little less than if you have a bachelor's degree.
3: Yeah, and it's offered by community colleges, technical colleges, and some universities like we just talked about earlier. It could also be more cost-effective for those who want to enter the job market sooner with a specialized level of knowledge.
0: Exactly. Are you seeing people go the associate's degree first to get some of those gen ed credits even out of the way and then kind of graduating
5: to a bachelor's degree? Is that becoming more common at all? You know what's becoming more common now is dual enrollment. We are now having high schools offer opportunities for students to take college credit at the local community college while they're in high school. Mm -hmm. And guess what? It's free of charge. Wow. So that when they get to the college, the college accepts that credit toward their graduation. And I think that we're seeing a whole lot more of that now that states are offering it. I know here in Michigan, they're offering it quite a bit. I would imagine if
0: you can get a lot of those college credits out of the way, you might even be able to shorten
5: the length of time. There you go. And that's at the end of the day, As many classes as you can take and I just was schooling my grandson about this the other day because he's going to junior high this year and I said to him when you get to that high school door the first thing you do is look up AP classes and dual enrollment because that is going to allow you to reduce the amount that that degree is going to ultimately cost you Mm -hmm. think about it if you can take 10 credits in high school and it requires 60 credits for a degree now I only have to pay for 50 credits so it could greatly reduce the cost of your college career, if you can take some credits in your high school that apply to college.
0: We'll be right back with more grown up stuff how to adult after a quick break. And we're back with more grown-up stuff, how to adults. I'll say it again, there are a lot of different options for recent high school graduates to continue their education. But there are also options for people after they graduate from college. While we all know that doctors and lawyers understandably go on to medical school and law school, how can graduate school benefit those of us with an English degree? For me personally, grad school was an essential part of changing career paths. For other occupations like educators, postgrad credits and degrees are important and often required to keeping credentials up to date and moving up in salary.
3: There are several advantages that graduate school have over just bachelor's degrees, which, mind you, just bachelor's degree or any education is wonderful. And I keep telling you that because I want to make it clear that any education is wonderful, but graduate degrees provide a couple of advantages. Um, specialization, of course, career advancement. That's pretty much the main goal of a lot of people when it comes to getting a master's degree or going to grad school, because in certain fields, a master's degree is required or it enhances your, your opportunity for career advancement and higher level positions, And also, just like a high school degree to a bachelor's degree, there's also increased earning potential comparatively to just having a bachelor's degree. On average, individuals with a master's degree tend to earn higher salaries than just those with a bachelor's. It also provides a competitive edge and also something that a lot of people don't talk about. You can also get your master's in a different field.
0: Yeah, that's actually, I mean, that is exactly what I did. I was a teacher, and I went to grad school for journalism to get into the media space. For me, when I decided I wanted to leave teaching, an important path for me to really transition was to go to grad school and make that switch.
4: Become Dr. Molly.
0: (laughs) I become Dr. Molly, according to Matt. I do not have a PhD. (laughs) Obviously, Matt and I are just kidding here, and we both know that I have a master's and not a PhD, But for our listeners, can you lay out the key differences between those two degree programs?
3: The level of education and the field you work in. So a master's degree typically takes one to two years. A PhD takes much longer than that, depending on the program. So it just kind of depends. Like a PhD is typically necessary to attain expertise in a specialized area or to conduct advanced research, Mm. like in academia, medicine, of course, science and engineering, psychology, law, and social sciences, like anthropology and political science. But like we were talking before, it's just a level higher than master's degree.
4: So if my job offers like continuing education stipends or credits to its employees, Is a master's degree program like the best way to take advantage of that?
3: Well, in my experience, that's what I did. So I work for a company that offered tuition reimbursement. So I didn't pay very much out of pocket to get my master's degree. So first of all, if you have that opportunity with your job, I absolutely would take that opportunity and run with it because it's not something that most people offer, you know, like that's a very excellent opportunity for you to advance your higher education. But I would recommend, and this is just from my experience, make sure you consider like relevance and if it aligns with your career goals, the time commitment. I didn't realize (laughs) going back to school on top of a full-time job, your life, children, house that's very difficult to balance work and studies and personal life. So just be aware of that if you are considering taking that opportunity. And long-term benefits, of course. Like for me, I really thought about my career advancement, my salary growth and job satisfaction when I was considering going back to school for my master's degree.
0: That's great. And you mentioned certificate programs. I'm seeing more and more universities offering things called continuing education programs that seem to be designed for working professionals. Mm -hmm. What exactly are these? How do they differ from a master's degree or a PhD program?
3: Continuing education programs are educational offerings that are provided by universities to help people acquire new skills, update their existing knowledge, and stay current in their fields. They're designed for adult learning And have topics like professional development, language, IT training, real estate education, HR training, and environmental sustainability. So all of these things are just certificate programs that are really short-term comparatively to a master's degree or PhD program, which are more long-term, at least one to two years for master's degree and then PhD program. Depending on the program, I can't give you an exact year.
4: Jackie, seeing as um, your background is uh, with EdVest and their 529 plans, how much of what we've talked about today can we cover with a 529 savings account plan?
3: That's an awesome question, Matt, because with a 529, you can use it for technical school, you can use it for apprenticeships, you can use it for four-year college, you can use it for two-year college. The continuing education programs and postgrad degrees programs. It just depends on if it's an accredited school. If you just search for the apprenticeship under the federal school code list on the U.S. Department of Education's website, you can see if a 529 covers it. If it says it's accredited, 529s can cover it.
4: And what about room and board for like all these vocational schools too? Is that covered?
3: Correct. Yes anything that's an accredited school, that's tuition, room and board, books, fees. Those are all qualified higher education expenses that you can use with your 529. There are some exceptions, but if you have any questions, you can always just reach out to your state plan or look at the program description. Literally just search edvest.com program description and you can see everything that is covered under edvest 529.
4: And might those exceptions kind of like vary from state to state? So it's probably important to check, you know, with whatever state your 529 plan is with.
3: Yes. Just check your home state 529 plan.
4: This is huge because, you know, as we were talking about, like, you know, if you at all are thinking about going to school, thinking about your, your higher education, being able to take advantage of these plans with tax advantages can be huge you know molly you and i talked about this last episode like you know if you see your paycheck like if you get a thousand dollars a week Mm -hmm. you know all the taxes come out you have like you know 500 600 left (laughs) Mm -hmm. imagine that you can just take that full thousand dollars put it into a 529 and use that to fund what you already want to do otherwise you're gonna be paying for it after tax right that's not fun (laughs) correct (laughs) i never really put that together when i was younger that like 'Cause I guess I never really had I didn't have a job when I was younger, but I was like, how do you, people pay for all these things? But like, if you could really just put that pre tax money and let it grow and take it out, you know, with qualifying expenses tax free. I mean, that's amazing.
3: Yes. I didn't understand when I was younger what a tax advantage account really meant. I'm like, great, I save what, five percent or something. Yes, no. But then as an adult <laughs> Yeah. Having taxes taken out and then paying taxes and then realizing that that money can be reinvested into your account and you can have those tax savings on top of your contribution and have the potential to grow for a very long time and use compound earnings to grow that account over time. That's huge. Getting
0: any level of education is going to help you in your career. But good academic performance and favorable grades are only part of the higher ed recipe. You'll also want to take part in opportunities outside of the classroom to network with people in your area of study. Joining professional clubs and finding volunteer opportunities can be a great way to make your experience more well-rounded. Because once you get your degree or certificate, it's all about making that experience stand out. Robin, I'm also curious, I would love your thoughts on how you advise college students to make the most of that experience, to make their resume and their
5: experience stand out when they're in the workforce. Take a resume writing class, for crying out loud, because what, you know, I'm from old school, mm-hmm. where you put everything in your resume. Now, not so much. You definitely want to learn how you can present yourself on paper in the best light possible. So I would start there with a resume writing class to make sure that you're capturing the best side of your experience on that piece of paper. And so that it's not too long, not too short, but can really show your skills as best you can.
0: I think you've just highlighted another episode we need to cover is
5: resume writing. Yeah. But
0: I'm curious, should people start to really think about it's not just about my grades. I need
5: to get involved in certain activities or clubs to really make that resume stand out. Absolutely. It goes back to our discussion on networking. Mm -hmm. It is about your grades if you want to stay in college. Right. But it doesn't, you don't have to have that 4.0 to graduate, obviously, right? So you always want to strive for your best academically, but you'd also want to make sure that you are meeting people, connecting those dots, learning how to communicate, learning how to be independent, successful. Is there anything else
0: that you feel like you want to kind of share in terms of all the different options and the different paths that people can take around education?
3: Yes. I said this last time, and I'll say it again. There is no one right way to do your education or your career. Your education is going to take you where it needs to go. And never feel the societal pressures that four-year colleges, Are the right option because that's not the case whatsoever. Do what's best for you and evaluate what's best for your situation.
4: And I think that that's really important to hear because, in all likelihood, this younger generation, including millennials and those entering the workforce now, will most likely experience multiple career changes throughout their life. Yeah. You know, like whether it's adapting to how quickly technology is changing or maximizing their salaries or looking for new career challenges. But I think it's important to understand as early as possible um, that a career path is never a straight line and that, you know, most likely you will encounter difficult moments in your career, but that pushing through them and moving forward is the only way you're going to grow personally and professionally and that you'll, you know, be better off for it in the long run.
0: Jackie and Robin, thank you so much for joining us once again. I feel like we have learned so much about what our options are if we decide to continue education after high school or even after college, after our bachelor's. So thank you once
5: again for being here with us. Thank you guys so much. This was fantastic.
3: Thank you. I have had such a great time.
0: I wanna thank Robin and Jackie for joining us again on this episode. I think one of the most important takeaways, and we've said it a ton here today, is that there are a lot of options to explore after you graduate from high school. But more often than not, pursuing an education in any form is going to give you a leg up when it comes to building your career. Whether it's going to a trade school, pursuing an associate's degree or a bachelor's, or going even further with a master's or a PhD program, those certificates and degrees are going to help you learn more and grow your potential to earn more. Here's what else I've learned from this conversation with Robin and Jackie. The 529 Savings Plan will cover traditional four-year colleges, trade schools, community colleges, and even graduate school programs. As long as the institution you're enrolling in is accredited by the U.S. Department of Education. A huge advantage of college can be the opportunity to network and grow as a person. But you want to make sure you're also ready for the time commitment, academic rigor, and the emotional toll college can take on you. Dual study programs and advanced placement courses in high school are a great way to get a lot of your general education courses for college out of the way and even save you some money. Private schools are more expensive than the public state universities because they're funded completely by donors and students' tuition and fees. State schools get a good amount of funding from their states, which offsets the operational costs and allows them to charge students less for tuition. However, private schools can offer a more intimate and personal learning environment with much smaller class sizes than the state schools. Finally, don't be afraid to change your mind, whether you complete an associate's degree and decide to go on to pursue a bachelor's or you have a bachelor's and you decide you wanna change careers and go to grad school. I mean, that's what the undecided major is for in college. That is all for today's episode. What is our next stop on Grown Up Stuff, How to Adult?
4: Next up, we're learning about buying a car with Jamie Page Deaton, who is the editor-in-chief of Car Talks. We'll ask her about buying new versus used, and the difference between car loans, leasing, and buying outright, and some of the latest safety features on cars you should make sure you get. I'm really hoping that one of those safety features is a rear view backup camera. Well, for your sake and ours, I hope it is, but we'll find out in two (laughs) weeks on the next episode of Grown Up stuff how to adult
0: and remember you might not be graded in life but it never hurts to do your homework this is a production from ruby studios from iHeartMedia. our executive producers are molly sosha and matt stillo this episode was engineered by matt stillo and written
4: by molly sosha
0: this episode was fact checked by casby bias and co-edited
4: by sierra spreen And special thanks to our teammates at Ruby Studios from iHeartMedia, including Ethan Fixell, Rachel Swan Krasnoff, Amber Smith, Nikia Swinton, Sierra Kaiser, and Andy Kelly.